This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. Something that I tell all of my investors is, you know, underestimate your income and overestimate your expenses. Mm. Okay, so underestimate your income and overestimate your expenses. And if the numbers still look good on paper, then it might be worth pursuing further. You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business. What's going on, everyone? This is Jonathan Farber, your host of the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. I hope you're all well and healthy. For any first-time listeners, thanks for being here. The goal of this show is to explore ways to become financially free through real estate or to increase passive cash flow through real estate. A little background on myself, I work in corporate America at a software company and my side hustle is real estate. I currently own eight rental units and looking to add more this spring. I have house hacked, bird, flipped, and done short-term rentals to name a few strategies. My current focus is 20 to 30 unit apartment buildings in Ohio and Kentucky. I love to network and learn. So if you'd like to connect further, feel free to find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or BiggerPockets. What's going on, guys? Have an awesome episode today. Really fun, uh, unique perspective from Angelo Rumora. He is based in Toledo, Ohio and Kansas City now, but he moves around a lot. He's from Australia, originally Sydney and uh, loves to travel. We get into that a lot in the episode of how he has now designed a lifestyle um, known as lifestyle by design where he can live wherever he wants, work wherever he wants, spend time with the people that he wants to because he's financially free and has systems in his business that allow him to do so. So it really actually reminded me of Tim Ferriss rereading four hour work week now. And uh, he seems to be like the real estate version of that, which for a lot of you guys has a lot of appeal. It has a lot of appeal for me especially um, coming from a W-2 where you're trading time for money and now he is having his money work for him and he's not doing that trade. So it's really interesting. Uh, a couple of the main sticking points from this episode uh, were the fact that he started his business basically just from the complete bottom ground up. Literally, he was doing ground up construction, just learning about how property worked. He was making minimum wage, working on construction sites and learn the business that way. And now he's grown this into a turnkey wholesale and flip business. And for those that don't know, all that means is he finds off-market properties, buys them, fixes them up, puts a tenant in place, puts a property manager on the property, and then sells those properties to investors who are looking for quote unquote properties that you can just turn the key in and you have something that's gonna make you money and be pretty hands-off. So it's a really cool business, but in that process, he's learned the skill set of finding deals, negotiating with contractors. That's another point that we talked about today. It was hilarious actually to hear his response and advice for beginners looking to get started with contractors. And we just go through a whole bunch of topics, uh, but it's just cool to hear how he started at that point. And now he has been featured in all sorts of places, Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, Fox, Yahoo, and he has a book coming out. It's just amazing that the progression, uh, to hear the progression that he's done from when he first started to now, being in the place that he's in. So it's really, really cool to hear. Uh, today's tangible tip is used appliances for people that have rental property or any property in general, maybe, maybe even some mid-range mid flips or mid-income neighborhood for flips. I highly recommend finding used appliance stores. If you just Google this, you will find they're almost like distribution centers or warehouses where 
flippers or contractors um, who are going into properties and find old appliances or old stuff that they don't really need anymore, but it's still pretty good. It's just not for the type that they're going to do in that neighborhood or design. They will give these to these uh, basically used centers that will then resell the stuff for like a third of the price. So we had a washer and dryer go out in one of our units and I was looking for new stuff. Like we typically just do when we're looking for retail of something and it was I don't know, $1,200 for washer and dryer. And someone gave me this tip. I went on, I looked locally to me and I found a very nice washer and dryer for $300 and they delivered it for another 50 bucks. So um, just like a little thing that if you do like all over in your business can just save you so much time and money. And um, that adds up quickly when it's in a bunch of places. So that's today's tangible tip. Used appliances, but also just like the creative mindset and the stuff in general. That's like a little bit of a sub tip, but just everything that you're doing always question, not always, but when you can, or when it's not like a, a tiny thing question, is this the best way we're doing this? Is there a smarter way to do this? And then ask people or go online and look stuff up. And this was a perfect example that I reached out to a flipper friend of mine and he mentioned this. So uh, yeah, really helpful. Hope it helps you guys without any further ado, really fun, refreshing episode today with Angelo Rumora. All right, Angelo, what's going on? How are you, buddy? Hey, Jonathan, I'm good, mate. How about yourself? I can't complain, man. Where, uh, where are you coming live to us from this morning uh, at the time of recording? And what's, uh, what's the state of, I guess, life, where you're at with coronavirus uh, as well? Yeah, yeah, mate. So I'm actually uh, coming live today from Kansas City out of all of the places, but um. A couple of days ago, we were we were just in Europe. So Dominique and I have been traveling quite a bit, and um, yeah, as I kind of mentioned to you before we before we started the interview, mate, I feel a lot safer in Europe <laughs> than I do here in the US. Um, so you know, the 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 whole you know COVID is pretty much non-existent over there. I mean, yes, there still are restrictions uh, traveling from country to country, and it's. it's a bit of a mess when it comes to that but ultimately you know the the cases are, are down record folds compared to here in the u.s so um it's it's a pretty good place to be at the moment mate to be honest with you you know the the towns are pretty empty so you can do a lot of the touristy things without any crowds and um as you can imagine all of the hotels are dirt, dirt, dirt cheap so we've kind of been staying in penthouse suites mate for not much money <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, mate. Back in Kansas City, visiting family. We're probably sticking here for two to three weeks, and then I, I think we're going to go back to Europe. It's my birthday, October second, so I need a thirty-three, mate. I, I'm feeling old, dude. I'm feeling wow. old. That's <laughs> awesome, though. Okay, cool, man. Well, very interesting. I guess you touched on a little bit. We'll get into uh, more of what you're doing today, but. Uh, would you mind just giving a quick background on where you're at in business today and how you got started in real estate? Yeah, sure, mate. So, um, wow, where do I start? Uh, I, I, I guess let's go back around 10 years. I, I bought my first property in, in Australia in 2011. Um, and uh, I guess I had that mentality back then to what a lot of folks here on the East Coast and West Coast believed in, you know, buy properties for expensive dollars and, and then refinance, pull out the equity and just, you know, buy more um, and keep building your portfolio in that way, hoping that these properties are just going to appreciate in value forever. While, you know, on the flip side of it, you're kind of losing your ass on the monthly mortgage repayments. Um, and, and, you know, I, I guess I quickly woke up and smelt the roses, Jonathan, that that wasn't a sustainable strategy 
um, to building wealth, I guess. And, and, you know, why do we all invest in real estate? We kind of invest in real estate to supplement the income that we're earning from a job that we don't really want to be working in, right? So it should be about passive income and, and not capital appreciation. At least that's my philosophy nowadays and my belief. So quickly realized that that's not going to work, man. And, and you know, I've, I've already bought quite a few properties, built a large portfolio, and, and I was really a couple of years into my real estate investment stint. And, and, you know, this is, I think, 2012 now. And I'm like, you know, which market can I find passive income, cash flow, a lot of cash flow? And, you know, the U.S. real estate market was kind of rock bottom. Um, the Aussie dollar was very strong compared to the American dollar. And I started, you know, really diving headfirst into, into the U.S. real estate market. And one day, mate, I just decided to pack my bags and leave everything and everyone behind and, and move into the unknown and wow. got off the ship here in Kansas City, you know, where I am today. Um, already kind of established a few networks and whatnot, you know, flipped a few properties and, and made a, a great amount of money on, on those few flips. And I was like, wow, this is, this is better than sliced bread. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and yeah. um, just kind of, again, mate, I, I just completely got obsessed with real estate investing and, and one thing led to another. And we kind of started a turnkey company in Ohio called Ohio Cashflow. Um, and I guess fast forward to this day, mate, um, you know, we, we run a higher cash flow, one of the most reputable turnkey providers in the country. I've got a property management company called Oz Realty, which complements all of a higher cash flow sales. We've got a real estate brokerage called List and Sell Realty. We've got a nonprofit. I just wrote a book um, and, and uh, I've done tech projects. I've invested in stocks, oil. I mean, crypto, you name it. I've done it, mate. I'm semi-retired two years ago, but um, I'll tell you what, I, I was easily flipped over a thousand properties and I stopped counting out a thousand. So um, yeah, mate, it, 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 was, it was quite a journey. And, and you know what, I can always say it and I always do God bless America. It's the best country in the world, mate, because what you can do here, I don't think you can, I don't think you can do anywhere else in the world. Wow. Okay. Awesome, man. There's a lot there I'd love to dig into. So you're, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you'll, you'll probably talk about it uh, in the transition if it's, for investment purposes or just where you wanted to live, but you started your business, it sounded like in, uh, or, or you moved to Kansas when you first got to the US, but then the business you kicked off started in Ohio. And I think you mentioned maybe that was you were looking for cash flow, but could you just go back to the beginning and if, if not talk through how and why you picked a location, either live or invest, but go back to the beginning of how you got started. A lot of people are probably wondering how well, one, you've done a ton in just real estate in general and achievement and what you've grown the business into. But a lot of people, I think, are hearing that and might be intimidated wondering, how do I get started? He's at a thousand flips. Yeah. But I haven't done my first deal. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love to do what he's doing. So can you take us back to the beginning of maybe your first couple deals, where you got the funding for them, how you found them, how they went, any lessons, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Great question, mate. So Look, um, I, I was very fortunate to, to have um, become a professional soccer player when I was 18 years old. And that was kind of my, my lifelong dream. And, and you know, I, I quit school at the age of 14 also um, to pursue that dream in, in playing professional soccer. Wow. And as you can imagine, mate, you know, when you quit school at the age of 14, <laughs> you're kind of a little bit illiterate. Okay, so <laughs> um, here's, a, here's a message to everyone listening. If I can do it, I, I can bet your ass that you can too. Um, and ultimately, mate, you know, I, you know, I, I, I played professionally for six months in Hong Kong, but 
I kind of came to the realization, I was like, okay, you know, I've been playing this game for 13, 14 years now. And um, I just didn't feel that I was going to achieve the level of success that I was hoping to achieve when I first started my crazy obsession with the wonderful um, game of football or soccer, as they call it in the U.S. So I reluctantly decided to hang up the boots at a very young age of 19. And I was like, okay, crap, what the hell do I do now? Where do I go? I've got no formal education. I've got no degrees. I can't get a job. I can't, literally, I can't do anything. So the only, the only gig that I could get, mate, was pretty much working in construction as a laborer. So I was sweeping floors for a living, carrying sheetrock and doing all of that disgusting, dirty stuff. And I did that for a good three years. And, and you know, I, there was always something uh, uh, great from within you know, prompting me for a, for a bigger and better life. And I was like, man, this is shit. You know, I don't want to be sweeping floors and, and, mm. and, and, and smelling all of this dust. And how can I go out and invest my money so it works for me instead of me working for it? Okay, because I was working as a laborer. I was working very hard. I was very frugal. I was saving a lot of money. So I saved around $50,000, I believe it was at the time. Um, oh. And um, I started researching everything and anything business related, you know, from stocks to real estate, I was meeting up with entrepreneurs, I was going to seminars, a lot of events and just networking. And, and you know, your network equals your net worth. And the, the more you kind of, the more people you talk to that are in their industry, the more you will know, the more you will learn. And I just put two and two together, mate. You know, here I am working in construction. I understand plumbing, I understand framing, I understand, you know, a little bit of everything because I am a laborer. So I see all of these guys doing the work every single day. And I thought to myself, you know what? Real estate's got to be it, and um, saved the fifty thousand dollars and immersed myself again in everything and anything real estate related. I, I truly replaced the passion that I had for for soccer and football, for business, finance, and real estate. And um, yeah, mate, just did my first deal. I mean, you can only you can you know practice makes perfect, Jonathan. You can only research so much. You can only watch so many videos. You mm -hmm. can only talk to so many people. At the end of the day, the best way to learn is to get down and dirty. And to just do it. Um, will you make mistakes? Sure. Will you lose money? Sure. Have I lost money? Yes. Do I still lose money? You bet your ass I do. To this day, mate, I still lose money. But you learn from those mistakes and you, and you just don't repeat them and you just keep moving forward. Um, but you have, to, you have to start. I mean, you really just have to bite the bullet and start. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I, I love that background. And it's so interesting how different people get into it and the background that you got into it. Um, uh, just truly starting at a place where you were learning about the business and in your own words, starting from the bottom and just learning the business, yeah. learning what your first step could be and just really learning it from the ground up, which is awesome. So um, for, for people that are, let's say today, ready to get into real estate and they're considering maybe their start, maybe they work this scenario, a W2 investor, and they are actually this, you're a perfect person to ask, especially because of the um, turnkey business. So, for a lot of people, um, I'm sure you hear this a lot. I hear it a lot. They're wondering how to get started in the sense of where to find a deal, what location and what strategy to do. Should I burr? Should I house hack? Or should I buy something that's um, fairly turnkey? And they're not sure which route to go. So how do you think about that or advise beginners getting started on which route to take? Or do you have a favorite route to take for um, beginner real estate investors? Yeah, mate. Great question. So look, I'm, I'm going to be biased and, and I, I know everyone likes to plug whatever they're, you know, whatever they're doing or whatever they're selling or whatever it may be. 
Um, everything that I've done, look, so I'll, I'll, let me get, let me backtrack a little bit. I don't think that there's any easy way, okay? And there's no something for nothing. Um, whatever you want to achieve in life, you have to work very, very, very hard for it. So I'm not a believer in, in you know, low money, no money down strategies. Personally, mate, I know everyone loves house hacking. I don't like it because it's a very slow way to building wealth. Um, the bird strategy, I guess it's not too bad and it's something that I did. But um, this is the way I see it, mate, and um, take it for what it is. But I, I think that, first of all, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier um, how I uh, was learning about the game and, 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 and real estate. And, and uh, let, me, let me correct you there. I wasn't just learning, Jonathan. I absolutely immersed myself mm. in everything and anything real estate related. I lived it. I breathed it. I ate it. I made my whole world evolve around it. Okay, I did it from dusk till dawn. So that's number one. Number two, um, I think that everyone listening should go out and prove to themselves that they can work hard two jobs if they have to day and night and save fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in cold hard cash. Mm. Okay, because money makes money, and if you don't have any money, I personally don't know how you can make any money. Okay, I made a fortune during this COVID right now because I I've, I was sitting on a lot of cash. We kind of predicted that there was going to be a market downturn. And we plowed a ton of money into the stock market when it was pretty much at one of the, uh, at the bottom points of it. And look, I'm a real estate guy. I love real estate. It's in my blood, but I saw the opportunity. I realized it and I knew I, w I was waiting for this for 10 years, right? I missed 2008. So I was waiting for another one like this for 10 years <laughs> and we pounced. So the moral of the story is money makes money. If you don't have any money, I really don't know how you're going to, how you're going to make some with it. Sure. You can get into all of these vanilla strategies and whatever it is, in my opinion, save 50 to $100,000 in cold, hard cash, prove to yourself that you can do it, and then start flipping properties. Simple mm -hmm. as that. Find a market where the margins make sense. Surround yourself with, with a great bunch of people, um, a contractor, a real estate agent, uh, a lawyer, an accountant, a good title company. Um, have the cash. Uh, 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 be ready, right, to, to pounce on that right deal. And then you just have to immerse yourself in the numbers in that particular market, whichever market you choose to work in. Now, I know 50 to $100,000 is not a lot of cash. Well, I'm sorry, guys, you shit out of luck. Move from the East Coast and move from the West Coast <laughs> and go to the Midwest because that's where the numbers are, mate. Look, I did it. I was in Sydney, Australia. I can bet you any money right now, Jonathan, there's not a single city in this country, and I said it, God bless America, it's the best country in the world that's better than my Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia is the most beautiful city in the world. I moved my ass from there to Kansas City and then to Toledo, Ohio to chase my dreams, to achieve financial freedom and to become wealthy. And that's where the numbers made sense. That's what I did. That's where I am to this day. And I'm still doing what I was when I first started. So you got to make sacrifices. You got to have the cash. You got to find the right team. And then you have to know the numbers in that particular market. Once you start learning about the numbers, and I mean, what are distressed properties selling for? What are renovated properties selling for? What the properties can rent for? How much rehab work they're going to need, what you're going to need to spend on the rehab, because in every market, the rehab quotes are different. In Toledo, right, in, in Toledo, Ohio, we can paint a whole house for 1500 bucks. We can replace a roof of four grand. I bet you any money you can't do that in California and on, on or the East Coast, okay? Mm -hmm. So um, that would kind of be my, my you know, two Australian cents, but I, I, I would want everyone to, first of all, I guess backtracking a little bit, is to, first of all, immerse yourself in everything and anything real estate related. Live it, breathe it, love it, eat it for a couple of years and save the bloody money. And once mm -hmm. you have the hundred grand, then you can figure out your strategy. Are you going to buy, fix and flip? Are you going to wholesale? 
right? Um, whatever it is, just prove to yourself that you can first save the money before you actually start investing. That's my opinion. So good. There was, there were so many parts there that well, resonate with me, but I just think people that are starting out need to hear one, one thing that stood out and I get this question as well a lot. Um, should I have a mentor? Do I need a mentor or a paid coach? Will that fast track my process of maybe not having all the money up front or maybe not having take this with a grain of salt, maybe not having the patience to wait five years. So they're willing to pay for play, find a mentor, find a coach. And they, they are asking if that will help them expedite the process. So what's your view on coaching mastermind uh, mentors, as far as improving the process or getting into the game faster, more efficiently? Mate, great question. I've been getting it also for the last, you know, 10 years since the money, since I've been investing. Well, I just don't believe in it, mate. Um, why I don't believe in it is because I feel that there's a lot of free information available online. Like, you know, I've got 500 videos on real estate investing that I've done over the last 10 years. And, and there's no hidden agenda with any of my videos. They're, they're a pure value play. I deliver a ton of content. And, you know, I'm just a little, little ding-dong Australian real estate investor. You've got a lot of other sophisticated real estate investors that um, have got more videos than, than I do. And, and again, mate, there's a lot of free content available online. Um, I just feel that it's very hard to find someone trustworthy that you can, you can, you know, pay a fee to teach you how to do it. Like I had a lot of mentors. I still have a lot of mentors to this day, but I didn't really have to pay any of them to, to teach me how to do it. Um, because it just came down to being liked by someone and pushing yourself enough um, for them to kind of take you under their wing and show you the ropes. Like, mate, I get 10 messages a day from folks, mm. okay? And everyone just gets a very generic autoresponder reply. Sure. No one actually follows up, okay? Believe it or not, Jonathan, no one follows up. And for me, you know what would pique my interest? If someone actually followed up a few times, I'd probably want to speak to them because I'd see the will and passion in these individuals to actually follow up. Like I remember chasing my first mentor for six months, calling mm. his secretary and finally I got through. And then this fellow took me under his wing and, and kind of taught me the ropes, you know? So look, I, I don't believe in it. I'm, I'm kind of talking myself out of business because with my new book coming out, I've, I've got consulting on my website. So I'm actually <laughs> charging for consulting services. But to be honest with you, man, it's actually just for the purpose of getting people not to bother me. So whenever someone messages me, I'm just going to take them to my consulting page. And, mm -hmm. and I'm telling everyone right now, don't pay for it. You know, do, do the work yourself, like research everything yourself. But look, if, if, if you really want to pay for any kind of mastermind or any kind of consulting or any kind of mentor, just make sure it's the right one. And here's the kicker. 99.9% .9 of them are not the right one. So mm -hmm. good luck with that. Yeah. I love what you said though about following up. And I think that's something everyone needs to hear at all levels because we're all human and it, it is easy to get discouraged. Um, I mean, some people I think of higher tolerance for beating their head against the wall or um, going against the grain and just being very persistent. But I think a lot of people, maybe it's societal or maybe it's just maybe not their nature either, or, I mean, whatever the reason is, I think people can self-diagnose and mm -hmm. figure out what they need, but it is so funny how much it stands out when someone follows up two or three times, but it's just not taught. Yep. It's almost like society is saying you're annoying if you do that, 
or uh, you're bothering someone, but it's, it's in most cases, generalization here, I find from experience of doing it and having it done to me, it shows the exact opposite. It shows persistence. It shows grit. It shows the ability Correct. to follow up. And these are all, I'd say, admirable skill sets in business and real estate that on both sides of the table can get you somewhere, but also get you recognized. So it sounds like that's exactly what you're talking about with the people that reach out to you and how you find your mentor. 100%, mate. I mean, look, give a nice intro, give a nice outro, be humble, be apologetic, be diplomatic, and be persistent. Mm -hmm. Like, no one's going to crucify you if you're persistent. And if you give a nice intro and a nice outro, hi, it's Angela Ramora again. My sincere apologies for bothering you. You know, I just want to reach out again to show you my intent because I really want this. I mean, the, the difference between me, mate, a high school dropout that can hardly read, can hardly write, thank God for the calculator because I can't do math for shit is I just want it more than anyone else. Mm. I mean, simple as that. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have this sexy accent in the U.S. where it turns a lot of heads so I can open a lot of doors with it. But shit, mate, fake an accent. I don't know. Start learning Scottish or Irish or, I don't know, British, you know. Um, that's a joke. No, but, yeah, mate, look, I, I, I think it's, it's very important um, to chase. Mm -hmm. If you want it, you need to do whatever you can to get it. Now, don't be an idiot in your approach. Um, but, you know, be professional and, and, and be humble, but you need to stay persistent, mate. You need to keep banging on that door until it opens. Simple as that. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, such good stuff. Everyone, I think, could, could benefit from going back and listening to the last five or ten minutes a couple times because it's just it's a reminder that we all need. And it's just such a uh, it's something you can control. Like it's, it's not being taller or better looking or being naturally smarter. It's something that at any level, if you do, you will see better results, period. There's no excuse not to do any of those things. So before we get into the uh, more, I guess, future stuff of what you're either looking to do or even doing on a day-to-day -day basis now, which is really interesting. Um, I just wanted to go through a couple more tactical questions of flipping houses because you've done so many and you have so much experience with it and just kind of check the boxes of reasons that I hear and excuses that I hear of why people can't do it or get started. So if it's cool with you, I just want to hit you with a couple uh, actionable questions of how people can kind of get over some of the stuff if that works. Sure, so, mate. Far away. Yeah. Okay. So the, the one I, I hear all the time um, is working with contractors. Um, I don't know how to estimate rehabs. I don't know how to proof their work. Uh, I don't know what I should be doing in the property to over rehab it or under rehab it. How do I make sure it's just right? So do you have any rules of thumb or general advice for people working with contractors on how to make sure that they are one, finding them well, and then uh, getting the correct work done based on the type of property they're doing. And then also validating the work and making sure that they're, they're not getting someone running off with their money. <laughs> oh, mate, can, 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 can I ask someone else that question too? Because I still haven't figured that one out either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jonathan, that's a, that's a great question, mate. And um, I'll tell you this, mate, we stopped counting at $2 million. Um, that's how much money we've lost over the last seven years of Ohio Castle's existence to contractors. Um, I don't know what to tell you, mate. They start off great, then they go to crap. Um, I've had I've had guys take money buy meth, take money buy a boat, take money buy a car, take money use it on materials for another job, and then just take money and disappear. Like one got us for thirty two thousand dollars, and 
yeah, I guess that was our mistake and, and you live and you learn. But, you know, when someone's been working with you for, for over a year, you kind of start trusting him and you kind of let go of the reins a little bit. Mm. Um, mate, I, you know, it's, I think, I, I always like to tell folks, I think I figured out everything in real estate except contractors. It's just mm. one of the things that as a, as a company and real estate investor, I've not completely figured out. We're very fortunate enough right now to have found um, a few good individuals that we stick with through and through. And um, these, these few companies are the ones that kind of do all of our rehab work. Um, we do around five deals per month per se for a higher cash flow turnkey purposes and whatnot. Um, so we stick with them, but ultimately mate, you know, when we're, when we're kind of buying a property, we, we get the guys to go through um, and to, to, to inspect the property to see what kind of work needs done. We've got a very basic set of criteria of what we kind of want rehab and whatnot. Um, and then of course they would give us the quote. Um, we then approve the quote, then the work starts. And once the work is complete or if they need any draws, we make sure that we do QC, so quality control. We've got, um, a, a person in the office that will go out on site and make sure that they review everything to make sure that it's being done before we release the check. Or once the work has been completed to review that the work has been completed, then we also pay them. And then we also have property management that goes to check out the property too, just as a kind of a final review to make sure um, if any little things need buttoned up before we can start taking photos and marketing the property for rent. But, you know, every market is different, mate. My, my advice to everyone would be this. Do not get into any subdivisions. Do not get into any new construction. Do not get into any major structural renovations, right? Even to this day after doing, I don't even know how many deals, a thousand plus deals, we are still very patient. We sit and wait for a property to come along that we know we can buy for the right price where the margin will make sense from a profit standpoint and where we don't need to do that much work to it. Okay. Now we're very fortunate that we're in a market in Toledo, Ohio, where we can freely sit on our ass and wait for that type of deal. And if you're not in such a market, well then find us such a market because when a real estate agent comes to me and says highest and best, I tell them I wish the highest bidder all the best. Because I don't want to compete with anyone, Jonathan. I want to buy what I want to buy for the price that I want to buy it for. And that's the market that we have in the Midwest, in a lot of markets, and especially in Toledo, Ohio. So just get into very, very basic cosmetic renovations. And I'm talking about maybe a new furnace, new hot water heater, minor plumbing, minor electrical, repaint the kitchen cabinets, replace the countertop, new sink, new faucet, linoleum throughout, new light fittings, carpet, a little bit of landscaping, touch up the garage, just very, very basic stuff. I mean, there are deals out there that do not need full-blown floor plan structural overhauls. You don't need to do that crap. Like, you really don't. Um, there's, again, there's a lot of markets out there where you can do what I'm doing and what a lot of other folks are doing, and you can make a quick dime for flipping a property within two weeks. Um, the less money you invest, the less risk you're taking on, right? So it's as simple as that. Find a market where the entry point is low and where, once again, you don't need to do major innovations. So you can't really get screwed by a contractor because the longer that you're on site, the more time you have for them to screw you, number one, and the more time there is for the city to come in and poke their nose through the door and also give you a lot of crap, you know? Right. So that would kind of be my two cents, mate. But, um, you know, we're, we're not sophisticated enough to have these full-blown breakdown spreadsheets of, you know, square foot for carpet, you know, square foot for paint. I'm going to buy a warehouse and store, you know, 200 gallons of the same paint. No, nah, mate, we're not sophisticated enough to do that. We've got our very basic generic approach and it goes like this. Nothing sexy, 
nothing flash, very fundamental. Everything has to work. Everything has to be light and bright. We don't want tenants complaining. These are rental properties. There's going to be wear and tear. Whenever something needs to be replaced, we want it to be replaced quickly and cheaply. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is that our investors get that net return on investment year after year. So that's kind of been our approach. And I encourage everyone, jump on YouTube. We've got hundreds of videos of, of some of the rehabs that we've done and what we do, how we do it, et cetera. Awesome. We'll link that. That's, that's just really, it's all tactical. It's like, even though you preface by saying it's a moving target and there's there's no one solution that's always going to work with contractors, um, at yeah. least for beginners, I think they can have a much easier start if they're not taking on these uh, very high lift or intense type of projects where there is going to be a long period of construction. And those are great points that one, Correct. it gives them a longer time that they can either run off or do something and get distracted or get uh, in trouble with the city. So um, that, that's really good. You, you mentioned one other thing there, uh, like threaded through that answer that I want to ask you about, which is property management. And in some cases I've yeah. heard people say property managers can help oversee construction or rehab obviously it depends on if you're if you're using it as a rental they can maybe help a little more but if you're flipping it not so much so what's what's your view on uh, property managers in general I, I don't know if you mentioned if you're uh, you have a team now or you are overseeing the uh, property management yourself or if you've that hired out and if you do have it hired out any tips or best practices for finding yeah. a property manager or communicating with property managers yeah, so look, it's different for us, mate, because, I mean, we're, we're a turnkey company, so we also have in-house property management, which is owned and controlled by us. So they kind of work hand-in-hand. Hand. They're under the same roof and whatnot. But mm -hmm. to be honest with you, Jonathan, I mean, I don't – property managers don't get paid shit, okay? Yep. So I, I, I find it really hard for any investor, even if they're a buy-and-hold investor and they're looking at doing it themselves or they're looking, as a, as a, they're looking at the property as a rental – I really find it very hard for them to get the property management company to go out of their way and supervise the, the, the rehab. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, if it does good for you, um, but I, I would also take that with a grain of salt because I don't really think they're going to look in every nook and cranny to make sure that the rehab's done to a standard that it needs to be done. Um, mate, in my book, I've got, you know, the, 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 there's a chapter called the devil in disguise and it refers to property management. Um, I honestly, mate, I think they're a necessary evil. Um, for a lot of investors that are looking at doing it themselves. Um, you know, I don't believe that you, you, you should self-manage. Why I don't believe that is you're probably, you know, uh, uh, falling over dollars to pick up pennies. What's your time worth? Jonathan, you know, you shouldn't be dealing with tenants and toilets as a real estate investor. You should be focusing on building a large portfolio because safety comes in numbers. Okay, so the bigger your portfolio is, the overall better return on investment you're going to have. So yes, you probably will get nickel and dimes by a property management company for little BS miscellaneous fees, but it's just the cost that you have to pay for doing business. So I think you should find a property management company. Once again, the devil in the sky that's going to screw you the least. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause the reality yeah. is this mate, they're all going to screw you. <laughs> now, which one's going to screw you the least and you should go with them. And then you should focus on figuring out how to get more money, how to buy more deals, how to buy them cheaper, how to buy them better. Um, but I, I really think that, you know, uh, uh, you should have property management. And I mean, how you go about selecting it. Well, you know, here's a subtle plug, buy my book and you'll figure it out. <laughs> love it. No, no I, I love it. I'm kidding. And, and your content on I'm YouTube. Kidding. 
and, and like you, you go over so much of this stuff, but I, I agree with that so much. And you, you made a point that I tell people all the time and I had to learn this the hard way, which is why I feel like I can give this advice to some extent is if you are having to cut out something like a property manager or a maintenance budget for a property to make the numbers work, it means you need to do a better job at finding better deals. And it's not like, it's, you can't, you can't fit the square peg in the round hole and feel good about it. Or you maybe can feel good about it for a couple months or a year, but you won't over time. And what that then just tells me is you need to focus on a different part of your, your business, your marketing funnel of finding deals, because right now you're trying to make bad deals work and you should always budget for property management. Because even if you're going to manage it yourself now starting out, which I actually can respect in total beginners who want to learn the business and then they, they plan to hand it off, but they're willing to trade time for whatever their hustle, but you yep. need to budget for it at some point because most deals need to be healthy enough to support a property manager just in general, like as a little extra margin, but then also you don't want to do it forever. Like as you grow a business and this is 100%. kind of where I want to segue into your lifestyle now. Um, cause you have lifestyle by design, which we were talking about a little before we hit record, which is really cool. I'm yep. rereading for our work week. I try to read that at least once a year. And you know, you, yep. you mentioned a couple things that now you have time freedom, you have location freedom where you can live and work where you want and be a little more flexible to your schedule. So can you talk a little bit about that and what it's done for you, uh, by being able to buy your time back and now what your you know day to day looks like and you know, how that's all come together for you. Yeah, yeah, mate. And just to touch on what you were mentioning there. So a good tip for everyone that is looking at buying a deal and, and something that I tell all of my investors is, you know, underestimate your income and overestimate your expenses. Mm. Okay, so underestimate your income and overestimate your expenses. And if the numbers still look good on paper, then it might be worth pursuing further. So include an extra margin of safety there just in case because there's always going to be unexpected expenses that will pop up not just from a rehab standpoint, but also from a buy and hold standpoint too, okay? So with property management, for example, if they're telling you 10% from the monthly collected rent, I would say 12% in my calculations, right? So always, always overestimate um, the expenses. But um, segueing into lifestyle by design, mate, yeah. So, you know, as I kind of mentioned to you, um, I'm, I'm kind of half asleep through this interview, mate, because we're just going back from Europe. Um, but um, no, You're mate, look, yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. Now, look, a, a couple of years ago, uh, Dominique, my wife and I, we said, you know, enough's enough. Um, you know, we've been we've been working a, a hundred hour weeks, Jonathan. Um, I was in the hospital twice for stomach ulcers, kidney stones, anxiety, panic attacks. I mean, you name it, I had it. I'm sure we doubled revenue every single year. We doubled profits. We made a ton of money and, and, and thank God for that. But you kind of start you know, realizing what's the, what's the point of all of this? You know, I bought the cars, I bought the toys, I bought the vacation homes, I bought all of that. And I was like, okay, now what, what's the point? I mean, you know, there really isn't any point to it because you can't really take it with you. And I don't want to bore your audience with philosophy, but that's something that I've really kind of immersed myself over the last couple of years. Um, I've been, I literally meditate for half an hour every single morning. I've been studying Greek philosophy, a lot of stoicism, you know, Marcus, Aurelius, Seneca, um, and all of those greats, Cato, Zeno. Um, what else? Uh, I'm into Buddhism too, just reading up on that, Catholicism, um, reading a lot about Jesus, and just all of these 
just amazing individuals um, uh, that lived, you know, a, a long time ago. Um, so my perspective on life has changed. My kind of outlook on life has changed. Um, I kind of like to joke around and tell people I'm never going to work a day in my life again, which is not true. I still, I still work. But we've structured it in a way, mate, where we're not chasing the Inc. 5000 list of faster growing companies anymore. I really don't give a shit about that ego pumping status crap, okay? Um, this is the first interview that I've done in forever, and, and I literally postpone them or cancel them or reschedule 17 times like I think I have with you, so my apologies for that. <laughs> you know, um, honestly, honestly, mate, it, it just comes down to spending as much time with people that matter um and and influencing them as much as possible in the in the best possible way and i think that's your that's your family your wife your children your mother your father your brother your sister people that are close to you that you love um your close circle of friends um and 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 whatnot so that's kind of what it's about to me mate it's about building those memories so one day when i'm on my deathbed and looking back i can cherish all of these moments that i spent in this lifetime i do believe in an afterlife i do believe in eternity so another thing that's a, that, that I'm really big on is I don't want to build treasures in this world. I want to build treasures in the afterlife. So it's, it's you know, I'm doing my best to be good every single day to everyone I can, to smile um, and, and just, to, just to bring warmth to others. I know it sounds a little bit like vanilla, but <laughs> compared no, to crazy. who I was back in the day, you know, I was this crazy Australian and, 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 and swearing and, and jumping around without my pants. I still take my pants off, you know, in photos and whatnot sometimes. But anyway, moving on, mate. So look, how do you, how do you make it all virtual? Well, first of all, you need to lower your, your desires. Um, you kind of need to nip your wants in the butt and just focus on your needs. Sure, you want a 8,000 square foot mansion and a Lamborghini, Gallardo and all that stuff, but do you really need that? You know, you probably need a 2,000 square foot mansion and a, and a Prius. You know, you don't really need all of these other fancy schmancy things. So, it, you know, it's that realization that helps a lot, um, lowering your expectations um, and, you know, not, not uh, going for record profits and, and record revenues, um, just going for what is enough. And that's what we did a couple of years ago, mate. We, we kind of pulled back completely. Um, our business is not booming like it was. It's pretty status quo, but we love it that way. We still make what we need to make to live the life that we want to live. Um, our investors are still happy. They get the service that they've always been getting. Um, and and we've, we were very fortunate, mate, and, you know, knock on wood, that we started virtualizing our company and our operation a couple of years ago. So from working with virtual assistants to having digital lockboxes on um, our properties when it comes to property management to incorporating a variety of softwares from Appfolio to Podio to Slack to allowing our team to work from home. And it was a blessing in disguise. As you can imagine, with COVID, um, you know, we pretty much did not skip a beat, mate. And just, you know, having a lot of people issues over the past and Toledo, Ohio is, is not a... A, a great market for talent, you know, and again, I'll put my hand up too. I guess I'm not a great entrepreneur when it comes to finding and retaining talent and something that I've never been good at. I kind of just started trusting robots, believe it or not, mate, in tech. And um, I hate it because I love people, but robots and tech uh, uh, haven't let me down yet. Mm. Um, so that's kind of what our focus has been, mate. And um, yeah, we've been, we've been traveling a time. We're, we're hoping to go to the Philippines and Thailand in November, Australia in December, if they open up the bloody border. Um, we were in the Bahamas for three months in Como in Italy. Um, so, mate, yeah, just traveling a lot right now, experiencing the world. Maybe maybe we settle down, you know, have 17 babies, 
I don't know. It's on, it might happen, but as of right now, mate, we're just we're just traveling and and, and enjoying life. So, I yeah, Angelo, this has been really fun, man. Seriously, I feel like we could go on for a very long time because you have such an interesting story and a great way of explaining it. So we're going to have to leave our audience here in a little bit of a cliffhanger. They're going to have to read your book, check out your YouTube content, check out your podcast, your articles, and uh, just see it that you're the real deal in the sense of you're not just talking about doing it. You've done it. You're doing it. And now um, you're getting to the last phase, which is really fun and exciting to see which the people that have mastered what they're doing at, you know, we see it a lot is they go back to teaching and educating and helping others. And it's part of once they've made the money they need to make and not spend more than they need to spend. It's, it's about purpose and giving back. So it's just really cool to see. Um, I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate you coming on is uh, just, you, you mentioned a couple ways, but what's the best way in your mind for people to people to get introduced to your content or check you out on, on uh, online or follow you or reach out? Yeah, mate. So look, just Google my name, um, Angela Ramora, and, and you can find me. And yeah, you, you touched on the book. I'm super proud. Um, the raw truth book.com. Check it out. Ebook is live. Um, the, the paperback is going, is hitting the stores December 22nd. You know, I've pinged it as the most provocative and controversial real estate investment book ever written. Um, if you don't like it, email me, I will, pay you back whatever you paid for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this because you make money in book sales. I don't, <laughs> my publisher probably will, but I don't make shit from it. I, I really think there's a, there's a lot of good content within the book that can, that can help people on their real estate investment journey. And again, if they don't like it, burn it, send me a photo of it burning and give me your account details and I'll send you the money back. Simple as that. <laughs> uh, that is hilarious. That is awesome. Um, well, that's a, that's a first, but I, I love the attitude, man. It's seriously refreshing. So Angelo, um, seriously, just want to say thank you again. Before we hop, is there any uh, last parting word or call to action for the audience? No, mate. I just um, wish everyone all the best and, you know, never give up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love it. Short and sweet and, uh, and, and just value. So Angelo, thank you so much again for coming on, man. All the best in your travels with uh, what you have coming up and uh, all your endeavors in 2020 and beyond. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. All right. All the best. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Do you want more? Then head to the Millennial Millionaires Through Real Estate Facebook group, where there are tons of step-by-step walkthroughs, tools, templates, and free networking to help you achieve financial freedom through real estate. And if you want Jonathan to help you personally reach your goals, then feel free to set up a one-on-one call in the link below or message him on any social media platform and apply to, well, work with Jonathan.